And the biggest thing I think hopefully is that people get from this is like, take action, stay positive, don't blame yourself and know that it's going to get better. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, friends. Welcome to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, coming to you live from week, I don't know, eight in my quarantine bunker. I mean, who can really keep track of this anymore? But right now, I know one of the biggest big kid problems everybody has on their mind is their personal finances. These are crazy uncertain times, and we've never seen an economic shutdown at this level before. And P.S., neither of our parents or grandparents. So I think it's safe to say we're all a little nervous about how this is all going to shake out. Whether you're one of those millions of people who lost their jobs because of this, or maybe you're trying to keep your business afloat, or maybe you're working but nervous about layoffs and pay cuts. I mean, we all have questions right now. Questions that I sure as hell do not have the answers to. But that's why I was very excited to bring our little finance whisperer and friend of the show, Haley Sachs, aka Mrs. Dow Jones, back on the podcast this week. If you follow Mrs. Dow Jones on Instagram, she is hilarious and she does such a great job of making finance fun and delivering information in a super relatable way. And for my longtime listeners, you may remember her. Um, She's actually been on the podcast before. She was here for our Investing 101 episode. Uh, So if you haven't listened to that yet, it was episode 20. And I'll link it in show notes for you guys. But it was great. But I am super grateful that Haley agreed to jump on the podcast this week and help us just make sense of what's going on. We'll talk about what to do during a recession, how to get the most out of the government relief packages, We'll navigate layoffs and pay cuts, maybe talk about some new ways to even make money or side income during this difficult time, and just much more. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it with Mrs. Dow Jones herself. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, before we get cranking into this episode, I'm just going to take a quick sip of strong coffee to get my mind right, just like I do every morning. Strong coffee is a delicious alternative to regular coffee, and it looks like a protein powder that you mix with hot or cold water. 
which is just really, really easy uh, and foolproof, which is good for me in the morning because my brain doesn't turn on for like a good, I don't know, two hours after I roll out of bed. Um, But it's packed with all these extra beneficial ingredients like MCT oil to support brain function and focus, hyaluronic acid and collagen proteins to support healthy hair, skin, and nails. And one of my favorite extra little ingredients is the L-theanine that actually helps your brain and body relax. So you can get shit done without those like caffeine, anxiety-inducing jitters. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, So if you want to try Strong Coffee for yourself, I have an awesome little discount code for our listeners. Try this one today. I have a link directly in show notes, um, or you can just use code BIGKID uh, in all caps. So that's BIGKID in all capital letters at strongcoffeecompany.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I am joined now by friend of the show, Haley Sachs, aka the Mrs. Dow Jones. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. Oh my God. I'm I feel blessed that we could get you on this podcast. I like frantically emailed you probably a thousand questions. Um, none of which were at all like there, everyone is wondering these things. So I'm so happy that we have a chance to talk about them. And I absolutely love your podcast. And I was telling you before that I am the biggest fan. So I am quite starstruck at the moment. <laughs> Stop it. <gasps> um, well, thanks. And I mean, that's like what we're trying to do right now is we're trying to help the people out because I know I'm looking at all this financial shit and I'm like, I, this is, this could be in Latin. Like, this might as well be like German. Like I can't figure out any of this shit. And I feel like a lot of people are confused, frustrated. They could not have done a worse job of like translating it or making it approachable or it's as though they don't want you to get through this crisis. Like they're literally doing everything they can to shoot you in the foot. Yeah. Have you even... I mean, you probably have like a better understanding of finance in general. Like, have you even had problems like understanding and digesting all of this? Yeah. Well, it was funny with the questions that you sent because, I mean, during this time, the same things are coming up over and over again. But I was like looking through my notes from old... From things that I did like last week or something just to make sure. There's so many small details... So and it's so nuanced that you don't really like it's boring. We're trying to create content. So it's like, I'm like, okay, like, can you guys jazz it up a bit? Like, <laughs> I don't think this is going to do well on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like, stimulus checks, but make it sexy or make it hell. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've like gotten into this whole subculture of like stimulus YouTube. It's hilarious. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. But no. It's great. And I know, like you said, this is very, very nuanced. So I want to like up the from the very front, tell people this is like a lot of information and we're going to kind of go over it in like a general way. And I feel like if people need more, we're going to include resources um, in show notes. I'm going to link like link to your page because you do a really great job of breaking this stuff down and making it digestible. But let's let's talk about what's going on because I think like even before we get into some of the nitty-gritty stuff, like just like an overreaching understanding of what's happening with the economy. 
Because uh, I think we're all a little scared right now. I mean, none of us have been in a situation like this. We've never really seen, you know, a, a shutdown at this level, nor have like our parents or grandparents for that matter. Um, so we have no frame of reference. And I think everybody's kind of nervous to see what's going to happen. Like, do you have any predictions of how this is going to shake out? I mean, yeah, it is such a scary and unprecedented time. And it's absolutely like nothing that has ever occurred before. I am especially sorry to like the class of 2020. Like, I can't imagine having gotten like your dream internship or your job and having it get canceled. Um, I just, I feel for them too. But and like missing their graduation yeah. and like oh all these things. Senior week, senior week. It's like your spring break. I know that broke my heart. But I mean, you know, as Warren Buffett says, my boyfriend Warren Buffett, <laughs> stock forecasters exist to make fortune tellers look good. So unfortunately, I won't be able to tell you exactly what's going to happen in the market, except that it's definitely looking uncertain. But I will say that I think that. We need to prepare for a recession. And I think that you're going to be surprised to see that many household names and brands don't survive this. The world is just changing so rapidly. And we're also seeing new trends so accelerated, right? Like workwear from home <laughs> and, you know, like standing desks that like won't disturb your roommate and you know zoom (laughs) yeah zoom and live stream fitness and delivery and you know all these things that were cbd CBD, (laughs) exactly yes plug that cbd mushroom powder tea that you love (laughs) um but yeah so we're going to see a lot of the corona economy basically accelerates these trends. And it's going to be interesting to see if the behavior shift is permanent or if it's temporary. Like, you know, are we going to go back to work and be in offices and then it won't matter anymore and we'll all regret having bought tie dyed sweatsuits? Or is this like the new business casual, you know? And so, that's the biggest thing is I think that you have to get ready for a recession and that the world is changing rapidly and will continue to change rapidly. And that this is not a time to uh, spend avoiding your finances. Rather, I would say this is the moment to lean in, uh, which I know was already a book title, but I think, you know, I might re release it but, uh, <laughs> just for this time. Um, but I know that it's like truly hell to go through your uh, money if you've never gone through it before. Um, but I'm, Stay tuned on Mrs. Dow Jones. I'm releasing some content about how to just get started because I've been doing this now for so long. And I really believe that, like, just taking those first steps is the hardest thing. I've seen it a million times over. And once you do that, once you actually look at, you know, two to three months of credit card statements and bank statements and are able to really approximate a budget and figure out where you can be saving, you're going to feel so much more financially secure. The economic repercussions are like, yeah, recession, things are going to be bad for a while, but you know, you can't control what happens to you. You can only control how you react. So just make sure that you take control of your own money. Yeah. You have to let me know when you release that and I'll post it and share it because you know, being prepared for a situation like this with like an emergency fund is huge. 
And actually, this is the first time I've talked about it on this podcast, like what a good little saver I am. But I also was in the midst of planning a wedding. Like I was writing checks all year long. Like my my emergency fund is at the lowest point it could possibly be. And then this shit happened. And I feel like a lot of people are in that boat. A lot of people didn't didn't prepare for this. I mean, how could you? And um, that I kind of want to talk for those people too, about who might not have anything in place and who are just like so scared right now. Yeah, no, I... Well, there's two things there, which is one, the importance of an emergency fund, which is truly the number... That's the first step. That's like literally the first step in my financial curriculum is save $1,000 in your emergency fund. Like that's it. And then work towards getting more and more months built up. I think five to six is good. Sue Zorman says eight. She also has Kate Goslin's haircut. So <laughs> you, you want to listen to. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's like I can tell you now, like, okay, Sarah, like you should have an emergency fund. But if you don't, then you're probably like, okay, Haley, fuck off. Like, yeah, great. You could have told me this three years ago when I had like a job and I was going out every night, like buying shots for everyone. Like, cool, I didn't know then. And now I don't have an opportunity to do that saving. Um, so I think if you're in that situation where you're really feeling the pinch, the best thing possible that you can do is get your burn rate down. And that burn was, rate? The burn rate is like how fast you're burning through your money. So like your burn rate was accelerated when you were planning a wedding, right? You were spending more than usual. Yeah. But is there something burning... faster than a burn? It's like an explosion rate. Like I literally <laughs> just took all my money and lit it on fire at once. Like it was insane. <laughs> You're going to have such a good wedding. All right. <laughs> In 2025. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait. <laughs> but yeah. So the burn rate is basically how quickly you're going through money. And so... If you don't have savings, the best thing you can do is A, look for uh, side hustles, ways that you can bring in extra income, get your finances in order and make sure that you're not spending frivolously on anything, cancel your subscriptions, cancel anything that's recurring that you don't absolutely need. And then also, which we're going to talk about later on the podcast, try and take advantage of some of the stipulations in these new acts that the government is passing that I know they're all so confusing, but I'm going to walk you through them a bit. And, you know, there's now more than ever, you should be able to negotiate payment plans with rent and credit cards and mortgages and bills. And so I would encourage you to save your money for food and for the essentials and um, to work on creating a long-term plan for those other expenses. You know, I don't think anyone saw this coming. And I actually think that like, you know, this for... I'm a millennial and I graduated into a great job market. And this is actually the first time that I've had my face slapped and the air knocked out of me. And I've actually had to practice what I preach and, you know... Uh, stay strong in the face of fear financially, which is obviously, you know, you hear financial people all the time say, don't make decisions out of fear, don't pull your money out of the market, like you're going to be locking in your losses. And now we're actually going through it and we have to take that advice. And it's a lot harder than, um, than it was when I was saying it and we were in a bull market and I was up. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, this, is, this is a life lesson all of us are yeah. going to have to take on the cheek. And on the positive side, it's lucky that... I mean, most of the people that listen to this podcast are like millennial or 20s, 30s. 
maybe early 40s. Like I feel bad for like our grandparents who might be yeah. seeing their retirements like, you know, really fly out the window. It would be a lot scarier to be like 78 right now. Yeah, well, you should you would hope like in terms of retirement planning, and this is probably like another when in 2040 when we're doing this podcast, <laughs> I'll talk to you about it then. But you know, the the whole idea of saving for retirement is that as you get older, you bring down your risk and you go into like safer investments. So the hope would be that if you were that age, obviously your retirement's gonna take a hit, but that you're diversified enough and that you're um, engaged in investments that were going to like play off of each other so that you net positive. But I guess that's always the goal. But you're right. You know, different different yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think that every you know, there was the the dot com bust. Like, there's there's been all of these moments in history that you'll that people remember as being really disrupting and sort of poking air in the balloon. Um, and I think that it will just we're gonna we're a very resilient generation, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're scrappy. Like, look at you. Like, you think that you would have started your own thing like this and have been such a hustler if you had just been blessed with like all of these great opportunities right out the gate of course not you had to figure it out for yourself you know what i mean and so and i think that you know if you are in that situation i have no doubt that you're going to end up in a long term meaningful career it just might take a little bit longer to get there so you just have to be patient and keep your eye on the prize um and know that everything that you're doing right now is going to be an asset like you're going to be later in your life looking back at all of like the patchwork jobs that you do and realize that you learn something from each of them. So, you know, who you are in early in your career really um, defines you. And so just be open minded about it and know that like you're on the right path and just to keep trying. I love that positive outlook on everything. Yeah. I think that's an important thing for all of us right now and especially. My heart goes out to people who have been laid off because oh. and that's a that's a big topic I wanted to run by you. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I mean they're reporting what like the highest unemployment numbers since the Great Depression. Um I know a lot of my personal friends and people who have gotten laid off completely. So I wanted to real quick because that again could also be its own episode topic, but yeah. just for the, our people who might be experiencing that like what what are you supposed to do like once you get laid off? Wait, first of all, that's when you know it's real. Like when I knew all this was real, when I was on like a Zoom with my college friends, and one of my college friends was like, My boss cut my salary today. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like this is no longer just like in the news and things like that. It's like happening in your in your backyard. Um, so first of all, if you lose your if you get laid off, first thing that you should do is just like be sad, you know. <laughs> Like your job is a huge part of your identity. So it would be unfair for me to tell you not to be upset and to feel pissed off. I will say that right now, and you do such a great job covering mental health on your platform. But I would say, you know, if you start to feel really sad, promise that you'll get help. I know Sarah puts out lots of good resources, but first and foremost, feel your feelings. And then the second thing, go easy on yourself too, because it's not your fault. Yeah, like I've not, been laid off. Trust me, I've been laid off before, and there wasn't a fucking coronavirus going around. You know, amen, and me too. <laughs> yeah, yep. 
and it was tough then and it would be even tougher now. So we're with you. But see, you know, we both are doing well. And like, it's not to say that like it won't open you up to something else, but definitely it happens to everyone. Yeah. So yeah, the second thing that you should do is file for unemployment. And you should do that literally the first week that you get laid off because it takes time for that to actually come through. And it's a bit of a process. And I know that, you know, if you're on Twitter, like me and you, and like you're part of the conversation, people complain so much about how horrible the process is. And I can't guarantee that it's not going to be, but I can guarantee that you will not regret just putting in that effort Mm -hmm. and try and be like lighthearted about it. Like if you know, it's like if you're on the phone with a credit card company because you have to dispute your bill or something like that, like you could really just be so pissed off through the whole process of filing unemployment, but just like try and take it easy. Yeah. Beer while you do it, like just chill, you know, like whatever. You know, it's not going to do you any good to get worked up. I I have a random question about that. I just remembered Mm -hmm. because I've actually heard people saying that like there's such an overwhelming um, occurrence of unemployment claims that some of these government websites aren't even working. Like you go in to log in for unemployment and you can't even get it. Do you know, and this, this might be a random question, but let's say you can't even get into the website to um, apply for like the week that you're unemployed. Will you get back paid for your previous weeks that you were unemployed? Or is it only when you once you file? That, I don't know. I think that uh, that sounds fair to me that you would be. But part of me is also like, they're not gonna... If they don't have you on file as having filed, then... What are you going to do? But it's horrible what's going on with websites because people are having to go in person. So <sighs> during this freaking pandemic, you see these lines outside, like people trying to... It's, it's horrifying. And yeah, they're they're experiencing outages big time. But you know they're trying to increase their server capacities and um, they're doing the best that they can. I would say just try and log in at an odd hour. Like mm-hmm. if you're in New York, wake up at 4 a.m. or something, like try and do it then. Uh, and, you know, just get crafty with it and keep trying. Um, and I'm sure that every day, the information about unemployment, like like there's probably a Reddit page that will tell you the tea on how to actually file your claim. Like a lot of the advice that I'm going to give you during this podcast is unfortunately very self-motivated. So there's not much passive things that you can do right now that are going to move your life forward. And that's pretty much true in the grand scheme of life too. You know, you've never really, you never really have change if you just sit around and don't do anything. Um, but I would say like, if you're, if you're struggling to file, file for unemployment, if I was, then I would take it upon myself to really like figure out everything that I could about that. And so I would encourage people to do that too. Yeah. I like that tip of trying the odd hours and just like going for it over, uh, over and over again. I mean, that, that sucks. But if you if you just try once and you're like, I'm fed up, I mean, that's oh. money out of your pocket. Yeah. That's my... That's the... Sarah, that is like the biggest... Should be the biggest takeaway of that is <sighs> not, literally do not give up. Keep trying. 
It, you do not, you don't give, you know, it's not over till the fat lady sings. It's not over till your unemployment is filed. Yes. Figure the fuck out and do it. Like, trust me. Yeah. So that is step number two. <laughs> First, you can feel sad, but don't feel sad for too long. Give yourself like a, a period of time and then, you know. You yeah. Got, like, maybe you got one night to really just drink all the wine and you can cry. And like, I mean, when I got laid off, I actually, I had my friends come over and sit shiva. Like, that's how... <laughs> That's how dramatic I was. Like, so I get it. Um, oh, but, you know, good times. Good oh, times getting laid yeah. off. Oh man, I have some stories. I mean, that should be an episode. <laughs> People need to hear that. I know. Actually, that is that is a good episode. I, I, I've actually begun working on that one already. Not to... Uh, not to, not to tease something. Yeah. way, I love I, it. I'm going to tune in. I was just... Well, the unemployment thing, but then also just make sure that you... Pay attention to your severance agreement and your laid off letter and your health care plan. And also get a laid off letter. The laid off letter will really help you if you have to like go on a payment plan for your rent or things like that. Like you just want to be able to show the person that you're trying to explain that you're having a hard time financially. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, here's proof that I got laid off. Yeah, um, that's a really good tip. Yeah. So you make sure you got all those. proof. You will need proof, which is weird. You don't think about that when all of this is yeah. happening, but it will really help your case for some of those other things that you mentioned. Well, that's literally like the whole reason why I'm doing MDJ stimulus is like we teach so much. There's like career services, how to write a resume, how to do this, how to get a job. But like, what do you do when like it goes south? When you lose your job, when your salary gets cut, when you get furloughed, like. We don't learn this. So like when I got laid off, I didn't know to do any of this, Sarah. Yeah. I didn't... I just just, like was upset and like went to a bar. (laughs) That's actually step three. (laughs) That's actually step three in your... your... Go to a bar. Oh, that's true. Make your own at-home cocktail. Yeah, you gotta. I know the topic of finances can be a bit stressful at the moment. So if you need to decompress a little bit, let me tell you about the magic of CBD. I love CBD. It can help you de-stress, sleep better. It can even help reduce inflammation in the body. But one thing I'm always cautious about is finding THC-free CBD. And that's why after much searching, I am very excited to partner with Beam. Beam is 100% THC-free. And why I'm such a stickler about that is THC can have some adverse effects on people. Like I know when I have even the tiniest amount of THC, it can heighten my anxiety. I actually talked about it a little bit on the depression episode, if you guys listened to that one. Um, But some people, it makes them lethargic or unproductive. So if you want to get the benefits of CBD without having to worry about THC at all, Beam is the way to go. Beam is also a super rare and revolutionary form of CBD called nano CBD, which is super tiny and highly absorbable. So it's much more effective and fast acting than some of your other CBD brands. And I mostly use CBD to help me relax at night and fall asleep faster. So probably my favorite product from Beam is their dream powder. I know a lot of us are having restless nights lately with everything going on. And this dream powder has CBD, magnesium, and melatonin in it to help give your body the sleep it needs to wake up feeling refreshed. Also, it just tastes really good. Like I have a bit of a sweet tooth at night and this kind of has like these chocolatey and chai flavors and you just mix it with water and it's really delicious. It's like a little snack. 
They also have pure CBD in a tincture or capsule form, or even in salve form, which my fiance loves for his sore muscles. And he actually has tendonitis in his knee. So CBD is one of those game-changing products that has helped him tremendously. He's actually who got me on the CBD bandwagon. But I seriously can't say enough great things about Beam. And I don't know how I would be getting through this quarantine without them. It's safe, it's effective. And if you want to give it a try, I have a 15% off discount code just for our big kid listeners. Just head to beamtlc.com and use code BIGKID at checkout. Again, that's beamtlc.com and use that code BIGKID at checkout. Yeah. Oh, one thing I wanted to touch on before I forgot, because um, you mentioned this, we, we're not only just talking about getting laid off, but you mentioned your friend uh, got pay, cu- uh, pay yes. cut. That's another thing that's happening. Wh- what do you do? Okay. Because this is kind of crazy. I mean, ma- I didn't even know they could do that. Like if you're under contract or something like that, like what is... Tell us a little bit about that process. And like, can you negotiate if you are facing a pay cut? So a thousand percent, I feel the same way. I'm like, that is the rudest thing ever. Like a deal is a deal. How can you go back on that? But I have really good content on my YouTube channel about what to do when you get a pay cut. And I posted, I did this live stream with Chris Voss, who's this like master... We love You love Chris Voss. I forgot. I love it. I love yes! his book. His book oh is amazing. God. Uh, yeah. Never split the difference. Exactly. Okay, girl. I love that. So I was like, so when this was starting and people were getting salary cuts, I was like, hmm, that feels so powerless to me, that situation. So what would Chris do? So I asked him and he gave such good advice. So basically, if you want to role play with me, try and cut my salary and I will tell you what he said to say. Oh, God. All right. Haley. As you know, these are very trying times and the company is facing unprecedented losses. And in order to keep our to keep you even on, we're going to have to cut your salary significantly during this time and for the foreseeable future. Wow. Well, yeah. you, no, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> You should, you know, it is a really scary time and nobody knows what's gonna happen. You probably don't even know if you're gonna keep your job. You know, I'm probably lucky that you only cut my salary this much. So um let me ask you a question. Why are you keeping me on at all? Well, uh, you know, you've been a very valued employee up until this point, and I know we have some projects that you are currently managing, and we need to see those projects through, especially during this time. Great. And what is the game plan to recover this company? And how can I guarantee that I can be involved with the projects that will most lead to that survival? Wait, what? (laughs) Okay, that was confusing. Basically, what he wants you to do... First of all, you did a very good job. Basically, what he he wants you to do is ask like what the game plan is to recover the company and ask like how you can be guaranteed to work on those projects to help save the company so that like you no longer have to rely on secondhand information about what's going on and you'll be like really involved and you'll be able to see when they're in a position to restore your salary 
And instead of just sitting back in the dark, you'll know what's going on. And if they're legit, which most companies are legit, they'll reward you for having helped the company through this difficult time. And if not, then you get to write on your resume that you like helped save a company during a crisis. Damn. Yeah. That's so actually, I really not, like that. Yeah. I really, I really like that you at least know what the plan is from the company. And you're not passive about it. Um, and you're not scared, right? Like that's a scary thing to hear. And so it's easy to just like sort of be like, okay, uh, I have to go call my mom. But instead, you take a step forward and you say, okay, yeah, it is a scary time. I understand. Sure. Maybe I'm lucky you didn't even cut my salary more than that. So what's the plan here? How are we going to keep going? How can I be part of that? You know, I want to help. Yeah. Okay, but even if you if you accept that you know a pay cut, because I I've never I've just been straight out fired like yeah, I've never, never had had a, I've never gotten a pay cut. But um, can you negotiate you know when this is happening to be like okay, how long is this going to be for? Can this pay cut last for three months and then we'll reevaluate or like is that kind of outside of your control? So I mean, it's a good question, but if a company is cutting your salary, they're not doing well, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I feel like they won't even really know that either. And while it's like nice to maybe have that faith security of three months from now, it's going to go back. They can't guarantee that, mm-hmm. right? Because we don't, no one knows what's going to happen in the world. So the best thing that you can do is maybe, you know, you can ask, okay, if you're reducing my salary, can I have reduced responsibilities? And then also, like I said at the beginning, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react. So the best thing that you can do is really like, you know, wake up to the fact that your company is struggling and don't allow yourself to be blindsided and prepare for the worst. Like if you use a company computer that has lots of your work on it, get an external drive and copy it all. You know, Mm. like if you like, like get all your IP, like get prepared. So that you don't know what's going to happen, but either way, so you'll be good. Yeah, that's um, yeah, and like you know, like update your LinkedIn, send some emails, network. You know, don't throw your company ever under the bus. You want to make sure that they look good too. But you know, start sniffing around and having your own back. Yeah, I think you posted something about this that like it might not seem like it, but now is actually an okay time to start looking for jobs. Like you have the time. You know, I I posted a whole thing about how to get a new job during quarantine. And like, you know, you're in such an incredible position to network right now because everyone's home. So <laughs> like, you know, like you can literally, you you could create connections that down the line will really serve you. And I think that not being so end goal focused and more being about the process is really important because even in a good economy, it takes like three to four months to find a job. So, you know, right now, who knows what, how long it's going to take. But as long as you're doing everything that you can to put yourself in the best position to be hired and trying to like extend your network, then you're doing your part. You can only do so much, Sarah. Right. Very true. I don't want anyone to be like overly stressed by this. Like, that's a really good thing to to, to mention. And by the way, if you get laid off, then your new job is getting a new job. Mm-hmm. So, like, treat it like that. It doesn't have to be like it can be like through a certain period of hours each day. Make sure that you have like a set designated place in your house where you're gonna update your LinkedIn and job search and whatever. Like, 
it's important to also create structure. Yeah. I remember that from my late off days is like, I was still like going to work every day. Like I still woke up at the same time. I got at my computer. I made myself a cup of coffee and I was sitting there yeah. for hours a day uh, working on things, applying for jobs, all, all the fun things. So, and you know, yeah. there's a lot of places, but like what I was saying at the beginning about like these, uh, like you can be really savvy right now about how you're looking for jobs too. Like, like what we were talking about with like the economic repercussions of this time period, you're going to be seeing new trends pop up. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, like, you know, like Peloton, I'm sure is hiring or the mirror or, you know, like Lysol, like, you know, like, yeah, go think about it from that perspective. It might not be your dream job, but at least you'll have money. Yeah. And it's a it's a good excuse to like reach out to those companies. Be exactly. like, I've been loving this during quarantine. Blah blah blah. You know, I'm, I'm going to link your um your video in show notes because I I know there's a lot more information there. And so for anybody who yeah. is facing this, I'll um have that information available to you. Great. Uh, um, I do want to get into because I think this is a big question for everybody mm-hmm. is just understanding the government relief efforts. You know, we we know there was a stimulus package. We know there's been lots of talk in Congress and mil- what is it? Billions, trillions of dollars um, allocated to relief efforts. But it's really un- hard to understand like how it's going to impact us directly. Can you 100%. give us... A- yeah. I'm like, can you, just, can you just make it easy for us to understand? 100%. No pressure. No pressure. Well, you know, like... Just to tell you how messed up the flow of information is, the two trillion dollar like um, March twenty seventh CARES Act economic stimulus package, we were all like, "Woo! There's economic stimulus finally!" That was the third one. You know, that was the third. That was the final of three bills that were passed, but they were all like, so they were like 8.3 billion, 112 billion. So when it was 2 trillion, we listened. But, you know, it just goes to show you that there's so much going on in the government and Congress right now that we're not, you're, we're not privy to. So it's, uh, it's definitely a tough thing to understand. But, and it's also very important, which is a horrible combination when something is confusing, but important. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, this is the biggest stimulus package in history. We're going to talk today about the CARES Act, which like I said, was packed, uh, passed on March 27th. And it was passed to help Americans weather the impact of this pandemic. And inside of it, we have that $1,200 check, which I know that's like the buzz thing of that. But there was a $1,200 check. There was also uh, more unemployment benefits, including for freelancers and gig workers and performance artists, people like that. There was more protection for renters and homeowners, help with student loans. There was a pink tax break, retirement account regulations change, and a lot more. And I have, I know I'm trying to, supposed to make it interesting. I feel like I do a very thorough job on my channel of breaking down each of those, uh, like each of the parts of that package. So, and I'm not saying this like to plug myself. I'm literally just saying it because I'm like, that's good. Like, go look there. But let's talk about the $1,200 check because that's probably what most of the people want to know about. And like, well, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, you just mentioned all of those things that were part of the um, bill. And I'm like, I don't know any of that. All I know is like, I, you got like a, a, an, an amount put in my account, which was yeah. nice. 
Um, but like some of that other stuff, like the gig econ- like the gig economy people and things like that. So there's actually more money that you could potentially go after other than just that twelve hundred dollars stimulus. Um, so yeah, what that means is like you they could file for unemployment where they wouldn't usually be eligible for those benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, so it opens it because of course they should be eligible for unemployment. There's no way for them to work. So, you know, like uh, that was a big one. And the people who are, it also, also it protects paid leave for people who are sick and who are taking, and also those who are taking care of sick family members, which is good. Mm -hmm. Um, And it adds 13 weeks of unemployment benefits for workers who have run out of their unemployment already. Okay. That's interesting. Um, So, I mean, there's a lot of little things here, but. Really, I would say the biggest thing is that like the unemployment benefits that didn't apply to certain groups are now being applied to them. And that's a really big change to address the current crisis. And so could people who, um, because we mentioned gig economy people, because I'm somebody who can't apply for unemployment because I don't have an employer. Me too. I applied for PPP. What's that? Um, (laughs) That's what you, that's what you applied for too, the Paycheck Protection Program. I, did I apply for that? The small, like the um, oh, like I, the SBA loan. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so those are the same. The thing. lending. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now you can feel cool saying it. Yeah. Um, oh, I, <laughs> the Small Business Administration Paycheck Protection Program. But here's the um, thing, uh, and not to jump ahead because I do want to no, get back to the stimulus. But so for us, like I, I can't apply, apply for unemployment because we don't have an employer. I applied for that SBA loan or PPP, as I will now be likely calling it. Um, <laughs> but I didn't get anything, so I'm like, there's just like weeks going by that you know I don't have like th- that income just isn't coming in. Like, what can you do if you're not getting? Because I think that that SBA loan already dried up. I know that they're adding they more just, to it. They added more, and honestly, like it's so much of it went to big businesses. But it was pathetic. Um, but so you're saying, what should you do? Yeah, is there anything else you can do other than that? You, the best thing to do is honestly go through your bank. Like I bank with Chase. This is not sponsored, but like that, they like I've just been like working with them. Like I I had to reapply, so now I'm reapplying. It's a lot of work. It's annoying, but like it's worth it. Apply through your bank for the S. The same loan, or yeah, yeah, a different program for the same for the loan. That's why I applied through my bank. Okay, so I would say just go through there, and then like usually they'll let you know what your status is, but you just have to like keep an eye on it. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, I get lucky that I'm like I don't have kids to feed or anything like that. Uh, But I can't imagine for somebody who like has a family and like you're not getting any of this information. Like, well, well, I mean, that's like the whole CARES Act is basically like to keep people out of poverty. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. But I mean, there's good parts of it, like about um, like eviction stuff, you know, like you won't be able to... Obviously, like who wants to get a new tenant right now? So it works in the favor of the landlords as well. But it basically stipulates that landlords cannot perform evictions on renters who can't pay their rent because of the pandemic. Okay. I have so I have so many questions. So real quick before we even do that, yeah. let's go back to that twelve hundred dollar stimulus check. Yes, let's talk about it. Because I know we didn't we didn't really cover we we breezed over that one. And I feel like right. there's 
Yeah, I know. And I feel like that's a big one. Um, for people who haven't received it yet, what like what would you say to them? Because I was actually... I When I asked the question on Instagram, I got like several questions like, why haven't I gotten it? Okay. So um, the easiest way to figure out where your payment... Where your check is, is to go to use the IRS Get My Payment tool. And... If you have um, paid your taxes and you are not, you have not been declared by someone, like you're not, your parents weren't like, oh, it's my baby, then, um, then it should automatically go into your account if you have direct deposit set up. And if not, they'll ma- mail you a check. And the checks were mailed out last week. So April 20th, I think was the week they started to go out. But the best thing to do is to use the IRS Get My Payment tool and to just see like your personal situation, what's going on. Mm. Um, but I think also a lot, if you are one of those people who is in like you're a gig worker or you're like basically the, the states that were like, were like, they were like, okay, issue these checks and they didn't really have the infrastructure to do it. So they're learning as they go and there's hiccups as they go. And so I think like it's a lot of them are struggling to uh, fulfill the need in a, a approachable and safe period of time, I would say. I don't even know. Safe, yeah. approach, I don't know. In a reasonable period of time. And so it's really their fault. But check the IRS Get My Payment tool. Make sure that you are going to get a payment if you are eligible. And if not, then you have to figure out what went wrong. Do yeah. you have to file your taxes right now for 2019? Like what's going on? Why didn't you get it? Fix it. So you got the check. Yeah. Because I've heard like I moved... I've moved twice in the last two years. Luckily, I had direct deposit set up. But if I hadn't, it would have it gone to the wrong address. So there's all types of issues that could be there. Um, so I'll link that link in show notes for anybody who's has questions to check that out because I think that that's that's probably smart to do if you haven't well, received so it yet. That's scary you if you moved and you and you don't know where it is. Yeah, wow, it's floating out there somewhere. It's scary. Yeah, and like most Americans don't even have cash on hand for like a four hundred dollar emergency. So like without that check, how are you going to buy food? Yeah, you know it's horrible. It's really horrible. But yeah, I mean, and that's really like just we were talking about what people should do with their stimulus checks. And the biggest thing is to spend it on the essentials, which means food and uh, health. Tie-dye sweatsuits. Yeah, tie-dye sweatsuits, <laughs> banana bread supplies. <laughs> no, literally like get the cheapest food that you can get um, and try and make it last as long as you can. And the rest of it should go into your emergency fund. Mm-hmm. You know, and go into that emergency fund that we talked about. Exactly, which is like the most important. If there's one thing that you take from this interview, it's A, that Sarah and I are both very hot, but also that <laughs> <laughs> you need to have an emergency fund. And that, you know, everyone has to start from somewhere. So don't don't just think that because you're starting from zero, that's reason enough to not start at all. Yeah. If you already have an emergency fund, because um, like my fiance was like, oh, you should throw yours into an investment. Like things are things are pretty lowly low price right now. Is that should you do that or are things just too volatile right now? Well an emergency fund is not to be invested. Emergency fund is to this money that you should be able to access easily. So like if anything I would say move it to a high yield savings account where you're getting better interest rates on it. Mm. But the way that like your financial journey is supposed to go, it how I think this is my opinion, 
um, take it or leave it. But you, I think if you're starting from scratch, save $1,000 first in your emergency fund. Then if you have high interest rate debt, you, you so then after you, before you save $1,000, go through your finances, go through two to three months of your finances, your bank statements, your credit card statements, figure out, okay, where can I cut? What's necessary? What's unnecessary? You know, what am I eh on? And you figure out how can I basically pocket more money? And you put that money towards the $1,000 emergency fund. Once that is filled up, then we focus on the high interest rate debt and we focus on the five to six months of the emergency fund. Then when those two things are paid off, we max out our retirement funds. Which by the way, before that, you should have been trying to contribute if you were at a job that uh, matches your 401k, abs- then you're losing free money if you're not doing that. So mm-hmm. that, that too, but basically you have to like put a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, and you know slowly they will build. And then once you have all those things done, you're maxed out on your 401k, your debt is paid off, and your emergency fund, you have runway for five, six months, then you can start investing. Mm-hmm. And um, for more information, that's with, different, that's with different money. That's with new money. That's that's not with the money that we use for any of those other things. Yeah, um, and we did we did. That's the last time I had you on the show is when we did the investment episode. So yeah, so guys, listen to that. Yeah, go back to that one. It was it was really good. I heard some rumors too that there was going to be another stimulus check that we were all. I, mean, I literally get. started that rumor because I made a meme about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is being floated around. It's called the Emergency Money for the People Act. Was the one that I was talking about, but there's a lot of them. I mean, there needs to be a new stimulus check, right? Like twelve hundred dollars. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a funny. Like, there was a funny meme that it was like it showed like people in Alabama getting their twelve hundred dollars stimulus check, like everyone celebrating, and like somebody in New York getting their twelve hundred stimulus check and being like, "Fuck, yeah, yeah. what are we supposed to do with this?" Yeah. Uh, um, no offense to so, people in Alabama, but it's just like, yeah, yeah. The cost of living is different across the U.S., so it's kind of crazy that like you know. Anyway, so what they're proposing is to give Americans two thousand dollars a month for six months. But who's proposing that? Like very, very liberal Democrats, like. Where that goes, no one knows. But I definitely think that there will be other relief efforts at the time that we're recording that. This, it's all sort of like rumors, and like it's it's so like the media cycle. Like I could every day, there's something new about the new stimulus, this or that. And when something is passed, I will cover it. I guarantee you that. But. Until then, it's not worth it because what am I? I'm going to hype you up and get you excited that you're going to get $2,000 a month from the government. That sounds great, obviously, but guess what? I don't really think that's going to happen. Mm. But why did that get so much press? Because it sounds really like exciting and crazy and like people want it to happen, you know? Yeah. So, and the government's also like bleeding money. So it has to be, uh, they have to figure out what the balance is between supporting their people and making sure that people are healthy and okay and also like running this country like a business yeah. and sure that we are not going under. <laughs> Such a crazy time. It is. It really is. Another thing, I mean, we've been talking about like getting stimulus checks, but like I I mean, all of us obviously a lot of us are the economy's down. A lot of things are closed. And I'm like, I wish like we're all in self-quarantine. Like I wish our bills would self-quarantine. You know, like, <laughs> like why, why have our bills not shelled out? Um, so is there anything people can do to like 
chill with their rent, you know, or maybe their student loans to kind of help with those bills, especially now when you're not making maybe the income that you were? Yeah. So I think that like the biggest thing here, and you're absolutely right, Sarah, like your bills do need to self quarantine. Um, unfortunately, no matter what I tell you, there's not going to be built forgiveness. So you will have to pay these bills at a certain time. But if you fall into the category of someone who's really struggling financially, then hopefully hearing this will give you some relief because um, people, th- these, these like rent and all, they're, they're, they're willing to work with you. They want to accommodate you during this time. And I would say with rent, the best thing to do is to first talk to your landlord, like phone call, email them. That's why we get that laid off letter, explain what your situation is and um, ask them if they're willing to consider, you know, uh, acceptance of a partial payment or the lowering of the amount of rent moving forward or, you know, allowing my security deposit to be used towards the rent or going on a payment plan. Like, I think a great thing to do is to be upfront about what's going on because you don't want, I think it's really frustrating probably for landlords to track you down when you're like, you know, dodging them. It's you, you're going to do yourself such a service if you just face it head on and then offer them options because, like I said, they're not, they can't get new tenants right now. So you you do have a little bit of leverage. Um, and then with credit card companies, same. I think they'll help you on a payment plan. Um, I think that... Uh, and if, if... Call them and see if they'll work with you. And if you can't quickly get an accommodation, try as hard as you can to at least make the minimum payment so that your credit score doesn't take a huge hit. And then, yeah, with bills to extended payment plan. So it's all about just like, Payment plans and you know being upfront with those who you owe money to about what's going on and that you're not just like blowing it all on booze and revolve outfits like <laughs> you're legit you know in a hard time. Yeah, so that's interesting. To like you can contact pretty much anyone that you have a bill with. Exactly. Any and, any creditors like that you should be able to contact and talk to them about it. Yeah, I know. Um, my fiance is like in real, like does a lot of real estate stuff, and he was saying for mortgages too, you can um, like defer. I think there's like a three month deferment right now. Yeah, um, exactly. It's sixty to three months. Uh, yeah, two months to three months. Um, yeah, federally backed mortgages. I also heard like car insurance is doing something because like nobody's driving right now. You know what sucks. Okay, what? this just happened because mm-hmm. I, I moved to Nashville. I'm not in New York anymore. Oh, and so, really? Yeah. Oh, oh you didn't know that? LA, not Nashville. I do. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I'm telling you, I've moved two times in the last two years. Um, oh my God. So when I met you, you were in LA and then you moved to Nashville. Yeah. That's sort of so fun. I love Nashville. It's the best. Yeah, um, it suits you. Thank you. I, I love it here. Um, but right before this all happened, because you have to get around. It's not like, New York, where you can yeah. hop on a subway. So I got a car. I got a car. Oh my God. Like two, well, I got a car and then you have like seven days to return it. On day seven, oh. the Nashville, Nashville tornado happened. And like literally like a roof, a roof landed like a, a foot away from my car. 
Um, so that happened. And then like, then this happened. So I'm like, I, it's just been sitting like this new car has just been sitting in the front yard. I never gotten to drive it. But I'm like, Oh my God, worst timing ever. But I did hear that you can, and I haven't like, I have been meaning to look into it, but I've heard like car insurance companies and stuff like that, like are also deferring payments or, or offering lower rates during this time because people aren't using their cars. A hundred percent. Like if there's anything good that's come of this, it's like going to be a lot of flexibility. And so I would just say like try and work with these people and carve time in your schedule to approach them and to explain your situation. And yeah, they want to help you. They're not evil. Yeah. Some of them but <laughs> probably are. <laughs> okay, that's um, good to know. So there are ways around um, lowering your bills, lowering that burn rate. Lower the burn rate, yes. But also know that like like I said, like that's not forgiveness. That's not like you have to pay that back. So like if you're doing that, it should be because you absolutely have to do that. And you need to have a plan in action of how you're going to pay that back. Because I debt is so scary. I hate debt. And I um obviously like I'm Mrs. Dow Jones. Of course I hate debt. But you know, <laughs> it's like it's it, during this time, it's hard because it's like for a lot of people, that's the only option um, to get into a little bit of debt or a lot of debt. So yeah. I just encourage you to be cautious and to have a plan and to not do anything impulsively. Yeah. Know. Student loans too, kind of similar boat, right? You can like defer, but you're still going to have to pay those back. Yeah. You're going to have to pay them back, but the interest rate on them will be a lot lower now. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I got a couple questions about student loans. I'm doing student week next week. So if, um, I'll have a lot of content up about that. Amazing. Yeah. I, I love this. And th- again, like that, this episode is very high level. I would literally have to keep you on here for six hours, I think, to really get into everything. Um, oh, I'm here for it. Like, I feel so much for everyone. And like, I'm just happy that I'm able to like provide any sort of help. Yeah. I hope this is helpful. You know, and the biggest thing I think, hopefully, is that people get from this is like, take action, stay positive, don't blame yourself, and know that it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Do the best that you can right now, and you know you'll get through this. But it's not worth sinking into a full depression and being so scared. And like you're, it's you're going to be okay. You just have to be strategic. Yeah. On that note, too, um, and I kind of I figured this would be a good way to kind of wrap things up yeah. a little bit. Is to talk about during this time. I mean, we all have free time. <laughs> Some of us more than others. Uh, but is there some ways that you can potentially bring in extra income during this time? Um, absolutely. Like I, um, I don't know about you, but I already sold everything in my house, so I can't really do that one, anyways. I mean, I came. What'd you I'm, sell it on? On I'm like so old school. I sell on eBay. Wow, good for you. Is that like everyone's always like, oh, like Depop, like this and that, and I'm like, oh, eBay though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. I sold a bunch of stuff. I made like a thousand, I made like $900. Although one of my pieces got sent back to me, which was really brutal. Oof. I was like, how dare you? I did not lie about this condition. So that was one. Um, I think so. Sell stuff online. You could become a virtual assistant. How do you do that? That's like pretty easy. You could go on like Upwork and things like that. And, you know, being a virtual assistant is so much better than being an in person assistant. You don't have to get anyone coffee. You're just basically like, you do emails, you do the calendar, and um, make yourself useful. Um, okay, so Upwork. That, Upwork is a great way for I well, lots of freelance Upwork. gigs. Upwork is so good. Um, and then uh, you could take surveys online. 
I signed up for one of those because I saw somebody posted it and I was like, fuck yeah, I want to take a survey and make like $100. And I feel like I just gave all my personal information to like this spam thing. And like, I never got any money. And I was like, okay, cool. Like they didn't give you any money? No. Well, I didn't even... I didn't make it all the way through because I was like just giving away all my personal information. Oh, and I was no, like, that's something doesn't feel right. Yeah, good. Okay. You trusted your gut on that one. Yeah, don't do you, have, do you have like a, a, a reputable place for ser- surveys? Um, You know what? I'll... I'll get, we will link some. I'll find... I'll, we can do research and find some. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I, if you, if we do, I think that would be, that would be interesting. Maybe I'll give it another yeah. girl. But I was like writing out my social security number and oh I'm like, God. oh, this doesn't seem right. Oh, and then one that I love is VIP Kid, which is you can tutor kids um, in China, English, and they give you like the full lesson plan and it's really flexible hours. And they were like voted on Glassdoor, like one of the nine best places to work. Like they're awesome. I partnered with them just to be. Completely honest, I'm not like in a contract with them right now, but like I do stand behind them. I think they're awesome. So uh, that's a good one too. But yeah, I would say like try and use your time accordingly. Like obviously be networking and trying to get a job, but also try and earn a buck. Yeah. And you know what? You could like, if someone has a dog in your building or something, see if you can, they don't, they're scared of the corona, go walk the dog, like put yourself in the front line. Okay. Yeah. Start an OnlyFans account. Just yeah. Kidding. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so if your feet is huge, <laughs> nudes always good. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I've seen all these. I've seen all these articles come out about OnlyFans accounts and how people are making like thousands and thousands of dollars. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> You're like, okay. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to do anything. I wouldn't want to do anything like sexual. I would want to like be like a really weird fetish category where I'm just like eating sandwiches and like not doing anything other than like eating and like make people. I don't know, pay like $35 to watch me eat these chicken nuggets. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that sounds like a dream gig. If you figure that one out, I think we all want to know the details. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was kind of kidding about OnlyFans, but I feel like there's a couple other ideas um, I had for side hustles too. Uh, one thing I do, this is a shameless plug for my fiance, but he, uh, his company, One Hope Wine, um, you can basically sign up as a rep and like host virtual wine parties, which is really just like I send out emails to my friends. I'm like, who who needs to up their wine stock? And if they click oh, my awesome. yeah, if they click my link to order wine, I get 10% for any um cause. Oh, huge. Yeah. So I do, I donate a big I donate like 10% to I do pencils of promise has always been my awesome. go-to foundation. And then you also make a percentage of your sales. So like whoa. Yeah, people in oh yeah, on the low end, like I'm, I make like I can make like a couple hundred dollars a a month, and then like, I'm into like, like the couple hundred dollars. Like yeah. I always go for that. Yeah, I never yeah. say no to a couple hundred bucks. Right? I'm like that's like several tie dye jumpsuits. Yes, like that. <laughs> that'll keep you looking good through the rest of this quarantine. <laughs> um, okay, so I really like those ideas, and I feel like you gave us so much information. I'm. This is going to be like a SAT study guide of info that I have to put together in show notes, but I'll do it for you guys. I'll do it. Okay. Good. Yeah. And also just go to Mrs. Dow Jones. There's, I have a full blog. I'm, I'm going to update it. It'll, everything will be there. Yes. We're here to help. Sarah and I are here to help. So yes. And stay strong. Don't be too scared. Yeah. You got this. You got this. We're going to get through it together. 
All right, guys, that is a wrap on our episode this week. I know that was a ton of information, but hopefully some of it was helpful. I want to give a huge shout out to our guest this week, Haley Sachs, aka Mrs. Dow Jones. I'm linking all her stuff in show notes, and she has a ton of videos that are super entertaining, but also really informative. So if you're confused about some of this stuff or want to dive in deeper, definitely check out her channel. If you like this episode, please take a moment, take a little screenshot, share it on social. You can tag me and Mrs. Dow Jones and let us know what you liked or if you have any other questions. And of course, I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast share it with one or two of your friends. Maybe leave a nice little review if you're feeling generous. I am actually selecting two reviewers every week to send a little something something to, but you have to DM me with a screenshot. Otherwise, I won't know how to contact you. As always, I want to give all of you a big, big thank you for tuning in and listening to this show. There are lots of podcasts out there. Just know I'm really honored that you choose to spend your hour with me. Let's keep the good times going. Follow me on Instagram at Big Kid Problems or on my personal Sarah A. Merrill underscore. I love connecting with you guys and hearing your thoughts on this pod. Until next week, I hope you are all keeping sane and healthy in quarantine. Keep that social distancing up and be careful out there. And if you get bored, I have lots of episodes you can catch up on. Until then, I will see you next Tuesday. 